0: I just have to watch my timestamp, or I'll have to look for this shit and listen to you all again.
1: <laughs>
2: Gross. <It's>
0: so welcoming. <laughs> okay, no goddamn laughing while I'm trying to introduce this
2: thing.
0: I'm kidding, laughing is optional. Um, hello, everybody. This is Shane Douglas-Kean with the Ink Heist, and I am here tonight with my partners in crime, Laurel Hightower and Rich Duncan, and it will be this morning by the time you hear this. Uh, we are here today with um, Matthew Corley and Sarah Tantlinger. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. Hello. Uh, Sarah is a very talented poet she's a very talented editor um and she's somewhat of a not really a closet hh holmes expert (laughs) (laughs) and and matt is going to have to tell us but hey matt uh, is a
3: pharmacist matt's a pharmacist
0: (laughs) so matt's one of my favorite matt's one of my favorite people he deals drugs (laughs) Um, so so, you know we got right to idol status right out the gate Um, (laughs) seriously uh sarah you first um tell us a little bit about yourself before we start just really being stupid
4: okay um hello i'm sarah Taylinger. Uh, I've been writing horror for a while. I have two poetry collections out. The last one um, won the Bram Stoker last year and it's my H. J. Holmes inspired poetry collection. My novella was nominated for a Stoker this year and then also out this year I'll have my third poetry collection and being distributed right now is the Not All Monsters anthology that I edited. So I have no life. I just <laughs> right. I grade, and when I'm not writing, I read student essays. So that's about it.
0: Um, that's yeah. I was thinking that a while back. It's like, okay, she writes fiction, she writes poetry, she's a teacher, she's a blah blah blah. It's like, okay, and she's also a robot. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right.
4: It, it feels like that sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, what about you, Matt?
3: So as we established, uh, my day job is a pharmacist. I've been a pharmacist for 20 years now. Um, I have two kiddos that I have about half the time. I'm a single dad. So that's all the fun horror stuff that you guys need to know. Um, yeah, I started freelance writing about five or seven years ago, actually in nonfiction. I used to write for a sports magazine. Um, and about three years ago, switched over to RPGs. And so I actually write for tabletop RPGs, mostly Dungeons and Dragons, or at least Dungeons and Dragons rule sets. I also have written for Chaosium, who does Call Call of Cthulhu, Um, and in that vein, I I haven't won any awards yet. Um, I was nominated for one last year for one of our other books, and so far this year's, our big one's called The Innies. Um, One of my books is up so far, and maybe a couple more before all the subs are in, Um, and I wrote, or I co-wrote The Devil City with Sarah, which was wonderful, and very, very fun and the two of us worked on that and then we also have four in the wendy city which is kind of the, the rpg that goes with it that covers chicago and homes and and all of that fun fun and exciting stuff at the late 1800s in chicago
0: right on i literally just ripped through that uh book with you and sarah about an hour ago oh so, <laughs> Uh-oh. and we'll talk about some of that mayhem for certain um <laughs> Sarah, what is it about H.H.
4: Holmes? Um, for me, when I first did my poetry collection, I had been just kind of watching some documentaries on H.H. H. Holmes. And serial killer horror poetry wasn't something that I was really coming across in my research. Um, I found one really cool book called Ripper. Uh, I can't remember the author's name. He's since passed away, but it was about Jack the Ripper. So that was kind of a gateway into me going, oh, I could do H.H. Holmes poetry. Um, And it was just really interesting researching Holmes himself because he's the ultimate enigma. We can keep putting all of these ideas onto what he did or what we think he actually did, but the truth is we'll never know exactly what happened, so that just opened up so much room for the poetic license and the fictional mind to run just absolutely wild with all the crazy shit that he could have done. Um, So that's what kind of lured me into the poetry aspect. And then I'm sure we'll get into this more when Matt came to my inbox and we started talking about doing um, a novella aspect with Holmes.
0: Sorry, I wasn't I was making sure you were done. Um, didn't want to interrupt you. That's uh, super, super interesting to me because um, it seems like, you know, I, I kind of write poetry to a muse myself that it changes pretty much poem to poem. But what a kind of twisted muse, Sarah.
5: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had some dark dreams while you were writing that sucker huh?
4: <laughs> I like I like disappeared like I didn't talk to anybody for a month I felt like if you've ever seen Secret Window with Johnny Depp like Mort rainy. that's what I felt like
1: <laughs> yeah that's one thing I wanted to ask you guys about because um, you collaborated on um, the novella that's going to be part of kind of the RPG game and everything like that Um, It's just kind of what the process was like in writing that novella Um, is, you know, there's probably a lot of similarities, but um, there's probably also some differences like Sarah, you've written poetry and more kind of like, traditional format pros and Matt with uh your experience writing the you know like the rpg books because they're very Mm -hmm. detailed and you know you go into a lot of like world building and character building right and I was just curious what the process was like for the two of you guys um collaborating on the novella and stuff and kind of you know what what kind of things did each of you bring to the collaboration
3: sure so I you know what yeah. And Sarah and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, too. And I think one thing that I I was super nervous about this because, I mean, it's Sarah, you know, Sarah's Sarah's got some some serious chops with the writing. And I came to her asking as an expert in homes and an expert, you know, and as a very talented horror writer to write a book basically for me um and to let me help and I I mean I kind of phrase it that way like the first I still remember like one of the first things we talked about when we were actually got to talking about it was I remember very much saying like all right I want you to know and I want you to tell me if I'm not keeping up or I'm not pulling my weight you tell me to back off the book's yours we'll redo the contract it's everything it's all you and Sarah was so good about keeping um about keeping not i'm trying to think the best way to put it It was super agreement we really did a good job just kind of bouncing things off of each other i felt like and i don't really remember a single disagreement in anything um every time i think one of us had a conversation or a comment it really worked well with what the other one was thinking or working on um, and again we just kind of said well we're going to start with homes and then we're going to start with victims and it just kind of went from there um i i did expose so i, I do project management and stuff in my day job too so I'm not that kind of pharmacist, Shane. I'm sorry. Um, I, I work at a desk. Um, not anymore, anyway. I don't work Boy, at a
0: desk. Boy, you just lost a lot of respect in my I know I know, <laughs> I, know. I, know. I know. I know. I'm, I'm sorry.
3: I'm hurt. Um, but So what I did, I mean, we did, a, it was kind of interesting because actually I was still trying to figure out, one, I was kind of worried about collaborating because I've collaborated on RPG books as well, and it's hard. It can be very, very hard. Um, and I think I told you this last time, Sarah, but if I didn't, I'm telling you now, I mean, Sarah and I, the collaboration with Sarah is the smoothest that I've ever had in any kind of writing thing that I've ever done. Um, you know, we did kind of like Trello, we did a lot of different electronic things to try to keep things organized, but again, it was super organic. Um, and it just kind of flowed. Um, I think the, the best part about it or the most telling thing was, I think that because both of us were finishing up different things. Um, I was finishing up a huge book for Sandy Peterson. And Sarah, I think you were probably finishing up. Were you finishing up Monsters? Or what were you? Yeah, favorite?
4: that <laughs> beast of a book.
3: Yeah. So we were both. Her and I, I mean, yeah, my book was 125,000 words that I was finishing. And Sarah's was that editing that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so once we got a chance to actually focus on it, I think we were done in six weeks, maybe, maybe five.
5: That is fast.
2: <laughs> we were yeah.
3: fast. I mean, it was super. I mean, it was really fast. We both were. I mean, we, we just kind of kept going. We did. I think that, again, it really worked well. Um, sending it to each other and getting pieces from each other really, really worked well.
0: Yeah, I've heard of a few different authors who play off of each other that way where it's not it's collaborative, but it's also kind of uh, done on an individual basis back and forth like that. Yeah.
3: well we 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 separated it out pretty well so you know i mean i i wrote my book my chapters were you know paul and diana and then i wrote the pieces that were Holmes, the diary of Holmes, and then sarah did the other three characters and then the last chapter we kind of split in half but that also helped and i think that the book that we wrote really lent itself to that because i mean we're going to have different voices and different aspects yeah. of the way we kind of approach things and it Again, it made it a lot easier that we could kind of do our own thing um, within the same kind of umbrella.
0: Yeah, the first time you answered the phone, you had a much different voice.
3: (laughs) My my glass of wine's empty now, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean because I thought I was calling you and Sarah answered and surprised the hell out of me.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the I think the finished product is really smooth on that, because I wouldn't I I don't think I would have been able to pick out and say, you know, whose whose chapter was was which. And I think you're right that the that the way it was set up lends itself to that ability to kind of individualize the chapters. Um, And actually, I didn't. So so you you drafted the Holmes diary entries.
2: I did.
5: okay wow. I actually just assumed that was his diary. So well done. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, wow, no, what a creepy stories. diary. Yeah. Jesus.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know.
4: Well you did have a real diary because I used quotes. I did,
3: yeah. Sarah <laughs> did send me actually yeah Sarah sent me the diary itself, but I read about half of it or so um to get a good idea of his voice.
5: Okay, uh, well yeah, that was that was really good because that's I mean, yeah, that was that was super creepy. So well done. Thank you. <laughs> you
3: just got some points. <laughs>
5: Oh, it's are we playing the game now? Are we getting points?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they started it, so I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so far I'm in the negative.
5: <laughs> well, so I I'm um I'm not super familiar with RPGs, but I do know I'm familiar with Sandy Peterson um and the you know the Call of Cthulhu and all that. So I'm I'm just very interested how you I, I mean, I can sort of see the transition, but I'm very interested to, to talk about the process of what brought you, you know, kind of into this world and how you got started on on this sort of uh, collaboration track with that.
3: So with the fiction part, so, you know, and this actually, you know, this will hit all of us kind of evenly, I think, because we're all doing the writing that we do. And, and I hate to say it off the side of our desk, but we kind of do. Um, and I came to the realization relatively quickly in writing that, you know, what. I want to do more than just RPGs and also that at some point I would like to do this at least part time, like in a real like a real part time. And so I wanted to see I wanted to kind of challenge myself, one, to do a couple different mediums and different things. So I like the RPGs, but I also just like writing um, and I wanted to try something. And I felt like a novella, you know, the, fr- the first conversation I had with Sarah was like I was just going to do one little chapter. Um, and then we kind of, I got into it a little little bit more, um, and getting my feet wet, but it really was, and again, I'll be honest, Sarah was my safety blanket that I could try this and if I didn't do well, or I didn't like it, or I just didn't feel comfortable with it, I knew the person that I could hand it off to was there wouldn't be anybody better. Um, and so it was expanding my own, at least trying to expand my own voice.
4: Well, you did very good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) and you tra- and you chose a hell of a voice to start doing that with too. Uh, so. yeah. Oh,
3: I was I was pretty picky. I yeah. Well, you know the other people I'm working with, but we can talk to them later.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. You know, fuck those people. <laughs> uh, right now. Come on now, John's got single. We need to be nice to John. Poor John. Yeah. <laughs> okay. bad luck. John is one of my best friends on the planet. Um, I enjoy John so much. I don't insult people i don't like very much
3: <laughs> yeah. so, so it really was expanding and trying to i wanted to try something else i would love to be able to write full-time and i know that i can't do that if i just do rpgs or even if i just do novellas or anything i mean i'd even do a screenplay of somebody if i can talk to friend. i've got a couple of friends that do screenplays too if i can talk them into letting me try that i'll do anything um i just think it's all fun i, I really enjoy it
5: yeah that's and i think that was a smart way to kind of dip your toe in on it um you know because you can you can just you know write your own novella or write your own anything but as to whether you know at what point it sees the light of day at what point you know that kind of thing happens that's always so i'm i'm interested too that you did the kickstarter part of it so was that something you had done previously with uh with any of the rpgs or what's was yes. that new to you as well
3: No, so this is my third one that I've run by myself. Um, It's I think it's either my fifth or sixth total. Um, So the first book I ever did in fiction was an RPG book, Tales of the Marguerite, and I did that with Cobalt Press, and I learned a lot. And a Kickstarter is a lot of work, and you know Sarah and I texted back and forth about this today even. And honestly, the timing was bad. I really wish it hadn't, but I put a lot of time and money into it, and I even I, I still get emails almost every other day from an artist or somebody's like, you know what, I'm looking for work. And I really wanted to get this book out there because at when we funded or when if, when we fund, if we fund, I, you know, we have 17 people working on this book total, including me. And I, you know, everybody got paid already. So don't we don't have to worry about that. Um, but there's a lot more work to do. And there's royalties and there's profit sharing and all that kind of stuff, too, is because I ran it like a business and I really wanted to do it to try to have everybody get a little bit extra and have a little bit more to do um, just for themselves. And, and it is super hard, but you know, the, my other two Kickstarters both funded that I did um, the first one was a lamp sanitarium, which was a D and D book again, but it was a Gothic sanitarium Um, that was super fun. And then I actually did a book last year for my daughter. Uh, My daughter Harper has leukemia and she's doing fantastic but one of the things we did is we actually did a fundraiser for friends of kids with cancer and part of it was a book that it was a D book like straight fantasy heroic fantasy nothing like this um but she kind of helped me fill out uh, and basically an outline and then i just grabbed in that case i think we have like 25 30 people working on that book it was a nightmare um But we raised 22, I think the project funded at $22,000, printed the book. I'm going to give them 165 books to friends of kids to hand out to children at hospitals. Um, And then I also wrote them a check for so far 10 grand, and I'll probably give them another two when all the bills are paid, and I give them the rest. And so, I mean, it's neat. It's a huge amount of work. Um, But in a better climate than what we're in now, I think it's a great one because you know, this gives the artists a chance to kind of skip the publisher or t- well, kind of publisher, but, you know, skip a lot of those channels that eat up a lot of the money um, and it takes forever to get to you. I mean, the Kickstarter funds, you get 90 percent of whatever you fund up, And, you know, I think uh, Harry Connolly or is that his, is that the character's name or is that the author's name? But every once in a while, I'll see an author doing one and, you know, five grand that's great. If they can get five grand for a book or whatever it is, you know, they get $4,500. They send the book out to 150, 200 people, whatever. And then they still publish it through all the normal means. So it's kind of nice to get that bonus almost up front. But it's a lot of work.
5: Yeah, I would say that's I mean, it sounds like you've you've had quite a bit of success with it, though. So that's, that's good that you weren't going into this as a neophyte.
3: Oh, my gosh, no. And if anybody ever – I told Sadie, actually, this the other day on Offliner, Ashley. I'm like, if you guys ever want to do one or if you guys ever want to do one, if anybody that's listening to this is a horror fan and wants to do one, let me know. I'm happy to at least help out a little bit and give you an idea of what you're getting yourself sent to. Because, but I do think there's opportunity here. I mean, I see RPGs that do $100,000. Actually, there was an RPG last year that did over a million. Actually, I think one of them did three million dollars. Wow. So, so that, some that's
0: of a weird them, one, but yeah, yeah, some of them do insane. Mm-hmm. They do. Uh, well. I, know, I know one author who who listens to us every week. He damn well better or he'll miss this. But uh, <laughs> John John Foster uh, is hugely into RPGs, and he or he used to be anyway. And he's also a hell of a writer. So John, John, no. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Wait. I was really I was worried like, about you for a second. I was like, yeah, "Is he gonna yes. wait for that bugger? <laughs>
2: we'll
1: yeah, it. I was taken Here. by surprise.
5: Oh, go ahead, Rich.
1: No, I was just gonna say I was taken by surprise okay.
0: by that. So, Sarah, um, when Matt contacted you about this, what was your initial gut response to that? Because it, it seems like such a different um project for an author to be invited to.
4: Yeah. So I just first made sure he was a normal, sane person. So I just kind of vetted <laughs> him a little bit, made sure it was okay. I'm like, oh, this guy's doing really cool work. So um and we hit it off really quickly too. I mean from everything Matt said you can tell how much he cares about everything he's doing and how deeply invested he is in that. So that was really important to me because collaborations can go abysmally. So you need to know that you can work with someone before you get too deep into it and you're, you're stuck. So luckily for us, like Matt said, everything came together really organically. And we just started talking and we really like laid out the organization of the project. So that helped me because I have to organize everything. I love outlines. I love planning. Um, So being able to do that really quickly helped a lot. And again, mostly it was just like our personalities kind of clicked and it felt, you know, normal writing this together. I think if you, if anyone out there is ever collaborating and your gut instinct is telling you, oh, I don't know about this, then you should probably listen to that because you should, you shouldn't have that. You should be like, okay, I like this person, I like this project, I want to get this done. Um, so we had that really good chemistry of working together.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah.
4: And Laurel. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I had all that research on homes initially. So it was actually really cool to be able to go back to it and do some more stuff with it, because I just had such a massive document of all the research that I had already done. Uh,
0: um I was just going to say, I'm sure Laurel has something to say here.
5: Oh no, I was I was just having a little internal party because you outline <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, it's hard to get there though. I was definitely a pantser for quite a while, but Me, me too. But it, and like for a while it seemed like everyone I talked to, they're like, Psh, No, you know, not outlines. And I'm like, Okay, I'm the lone outliner on the it, planet. But
4: <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> crazy no. how much faster you can get a draft done when you have a good outline though. Like it, it changes yep. your writing life.
5: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, I know there are definitely some people, and and that's part of what I really like about this is talking craft and talking process with everybody. Because, you know, there are people that I talk to that are just dedicated pantsers, and I can tell from the way that they talk about it, like, that's the only way it's going to work for them. But yeah, Yeah. when, when I don't outline, I have a sprawling manuscript that goes, you know, nowhere. And... There's so much revision to it, so yeah. Sorry, just that's just my internal little nerd party. I also like spreadsheets. So. <laughs>
3: I really helpful right now too. Laurel, I have, I have, Laurel, I have spreadsheets, Trello's, ever. Yes. <laughs> um, I, hate Scri- I, I hate Scrivener. I just hate it. I can't remember was it Shane that you, I, you and I tweeted about that once. Like I hate Scrivener. I
0: can't do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Tried to I tried, nuts.
3: Um, I tried yeah, it. Yeah, out.
0: I tried it after we talked, and I hated it.
3: <laughs> I tried it twice. One of my friends, I have a friend, Lou, uh, Lou Anders, who writes, he's actually written for Lucas. Uh, he's run two Star Wars books now and a bunch of other crap. And anyway, Lou, Lou keeps telling me I have to do it. I have to do it. I'm like, OK, I'll try. I mean, you're more successful than I am. I'll give it a shot. And then like, yeah, I hate it. I'm going back to Word docs. I do layout <laughs> on the way. I mean, I lay out my stories because in RPGs, we have to do a lot of layout. I mean, I lay them out while I'm writing them. It's just part of my process now. I like to see what it actually looks like. You know, um, that's what I always said. Yeah, I, I I remember Sandy would send me an outline to be a couple thousand words and he'd say, all right, make this be 150, you know, make this 100,000 words and hand it back to me in four months. <laughs> and that's kind of how I learned, I guess. And I, I like and as a farmer, I don't know, I'm kind of analytical that way, I guess, or anal, related, anal retentive, maybe.
5: I always say that I was a, an accountant in another life because yeah. it's just—you'd just, <laughs> never know by looking at the state of my desk or my house. It's absolute chaos, but you know, by God, everything's tracked on a spreadsheet. That's what oh, I love I love
4: spreadsheets.
5: Yep.
0: <laughs> I'm uh, I'm that guy who says, "Hey Laurel, would you do this spreadsheet for me?" Because fuck that. <laughs>
5: And I do it because I'm weird and I actually really like (laughs) spreadsheets.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd imagine for a project like this, though, that because I like you said, Sarah, you were a pantser before that, like you would almost have to do an outline, um, you know, for one, because you're collaborating with someone else, but also with keeping in mind that it's like a tie in to like an RPG and. I was uh wondering did you ha do you have like any do you play RPGs or anything like that and did you kind of like work on the RPG as well or was it just like the collaboration on the novella?
4: My part was just the novella so I talked a lot with Matt about what he was looking for in the RPG so we could kind of know where the character should end and where it picks up in the RPG um, but that was definitely all his. Part. um I haven't really done much like I've watched people play D&D but I haven't participated yet um I think it's interesting and I think this is like the kind that I would be interested in personally but I like like video games I'm a gamer that way but this is kind of a newer area for me so I'm really excited for the project I can't wait to play it all
1: yeah I I thought it was a really cool idea um when I first like heard from matt that you guys were collaborating with each other because you know you always hear about you know books being adapted into like film or tv but i thought this was like a really cool other type of like adaptation so to speak and i just thought it was really cool because i'm the same way i don't really know much about rpgs but i think it's kind of a cool new avenue for you know writers to you know have their works adapted into kind of a fun way
4: absolutely yeah it's really different I think it's a nice fresh perspective on it and that's what I love about being in the horror genre especially is we can get away with pushing all those boundaries that's what we're supposed to be doing in the first place so I think this will be a really cool avenue to see what kind of doors it opens up for other writers other projects
3: yeah, and that's actually something that's that was kind of part of it when I worked with started with Sarah and then I'm adding the other folks that I've added is that I wanted to again once I realized that in my head basically all the writers that do I mean I have screenwriters and we got, you know novellas, novelists, and people that do RPG design only at the end of the day, there's a lot of overlap there. And I think we all have our own ways of looking at things, but at the end, again, but we're just, we're all writers. We're all creators in some way, shape or form. And when we get together, especially if it's a good group that works well together, what we can make are some really, really neat and um, really interesting things. And, you know, I know Sarah said she didn't do the RPG stuff, but you know, when we were writing the devil city, she, you know, definitely asked like, well, how far can I go here and there and that and the other thing. And, I, we wrote the novella first and the novella, especially pieces that Sarah wrote about Holmes um, and and also actually, especially them, too, um, will actually design or actually will influence how I design the book. And at, at the highest level, when I first started doing this idea, my thought was for me to basically partner with writers and have them write whatever they want and then me do my best to put it into a game terms. And that that's what I want. I mean, I remember I, I don't think I actually remember to tell you about this, but I, I I tried to get John Jans to let me do it. And he's like, that would be really cool, but I can't because um, I don't have time. Um, <laughs> but John Jans was probably one of the very him and John Taff and Sarah were the first three people that I contacted.
0: All three good yeah. choices. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that was important to me is have. I mean, I you know I, I don't want somebody like oh it's just a it's it's a tie-in fiction or it's a tie-in RPG. I want to have the highest quality folks on both sides of the books. You know I don't want there to be a, a difference in quality and I also don't want it to be done. I don't want it, I don't want people to see or think it's half-assed. That just that would drive
1: you insane. Yeah, and
0: I yeah. like the approach that you're doing there. Go ahead, Rich. I'm sorry, I'll
1: interrupt no.
2: later.
0: No, you're good. I I have a
1: feeling you were probably going to say something similar in that that's uh, one of the things that like I was kind of curious about, you know, was kind of like how how the process went. Like if you approach them and then like the work was kind of geared towards being like a game format. But I think it's really cool that you're letting, you know, the authors that you approach kind of just run wild with it and, you know, write whatever they want. And then trying to build a game around that, like it's it's really unique. And I think it makes it kind of fun and exciting, probably for you as well to kind of, you know, craft the game, like see what they come up with and then try and craft it around that. Exactly.
3: Exactly. Right. So it's a little challenging for me, but it's actually I think the challenge for me is is offset by the fact that I am so kind of inspired and directed or aimed by what they're going to give me already and i don't pick people i don't know you know so i mean and we we let the cat out of the bag already laurel is actually going to be working with me next year later this year too and i i know i know whispers in the dark and i maybe she came up with that name first maybe not (laughs) we can settle that later um but i know the level of like supernatural that laurel does And I know the level that, like, Jess uh, Landry does and that, you know, Gemma does. And, you know, those are some of the other folks and Bob, Bob Ford so and and John. So since I know what they do in their own writing that I know that's I can kind of aim it there. I don't want you know, I I don't want fireballs and magic missiles and all that stuff either. Which is – I mean, that's D&D, but that's not what we're playing. And so, again, I can aim it to the right folks and let them do their own thing and then just kind of – and sit back and watch because I'm – I mean, you guys know the folks that I'm talking about. I mean, they they are masters of the craft. All of them are incredibly talented. They don't need me to do anything other than read it um, and, yeah, basically read it.
5: Well, and this is – it's kind of reminding me, too, of like – I don't know if you guys ever played – there was a, uh, a game – that uh, was like also like a VHS game. It was called like Nightmare. Did you all ever play that?
1: It sounds pretty familiar.
5: And is I really, that the one where you
3: had to tape it and like
5: fast yes. forward thirty seconds? And I remember that. Yeah, one. it was like the yep. the gatekeeper or whatever. And that yeah, it was like we had friends who had that game, and we were pretty much just friends with them to play that game. And so, <laughs> <laughs> kind of kidding, but not not really. But yeah, I mean we yeah every time we would ever wanted to play it. So it's like this is. I have just always been such a horror geek and so excited about it. And so, like, it just never occurred to me, you know, the whole, like, horror RPG thing. This is just – it's just sounds really wicked to be able to, you know, to immerse into the whole H.H. Holmes thing. Um, and from what I've seen of the artwork, too, that you guys are putting together on it, this is just yeah. – it's a stellar project. Uh,
3: the art's amazing. I, yeah. I'm so happy with your art. Go ahead, sir.
4: I was just agreeing. It's gorgeous. It's, it really is adds a cool depth to the stories i think too
3: yeah so I, and i know you guys will know so kind of my one of the things i wanted to do again so like you know i can introduce sarah to rpg people and i can get sarah to force horror people to find out about me and it kind of works that way with artists too so you know i mean there's names that you guys know i mean you guys know daniel uh daniel sarah who's done a thousand covers yeah. lately um and they're fantastic um, Francois Valencourt too is so incredibly talented Francois just did um, he just did the revival for Stephen King um, with a bunch of illustrations which are I think he did that for Dark Regions but that's gorgeous work and some poor people know Sam Aurea and some don't realize they know Sam um, but you know and then there's the RPG people like you know the inking people that I used for those pictures of homes and some of the uh, characters and you know actually like Keelan Keelan did the cover for horror in the Windy City. Um, so, again, there's just so many talented people. And that was part of the fun is getting to see all the different things there. Um, and, you know, I think what, what we should learn, too, is if or at least I think the RPG people should realize that you can get great talent in other areas and genres. You know, the horror, the, the, the creators in <laughs> the horror area are the artists are incredible I mean like just absolutely phenomenal artists um yeah I, I can't say enough good things about them and everybody I worked with was incredibly professional um and honestly affordable I have to pay for it so that was nice too um yeah
5: well like you said to be able to put work everybody's way at this point in time especially you know yeah, yeah. a lot of people freelancing it so
3: Yep, exactly. That was a big, I mean, that really, so we didn't, the stretch goals, which we're not going to hit, but, you know, the stretch goals were each word was going to give everybody involved in the project was actually going to get a chunk of any money raised over that 12000 you know, um, I was going to get extra art. I had Francois and Danielle both said they were ready to do some more, um, you know, Toby and everybody else are always ready to do work for me whenever I have it. I even actually hired Thomas Boatwright. He's going to do the double City cover to do a couple more pieces kind of after the fact because I know he was hit pretty hard too and it's again I just I don't know it, it, maybe it's an dad me which is kind of sounds stupid now that I said that out loud but I, <laughs> I do care about everybody I mean Sarah said it, I do care about everybody that I work with I, I mean here there anywhere and I you know we are I don't know I kind of feel like we all had a really really good team and I wanted us all to work together and again I don't want anybody to be stressed about money either um, which I know is a tangent but it really did. I, I talked to my partner about that a lot because her and I were talking about it. We're like, well, is it a good time? I'm like, no, it's a, it's a shitty time. But if we fund, you know, I get what I spent on this, which would be nice. But again, you know, I can get Sarah can get some more royalties and Chris and Matt, the other Matt can get some more profit sharing. And I can get another piece from Sam and I can get another piece from Danny. And, you know, it, it can't work. That's kind of how it works. I mean, it's a small business.
5: So what happens? I, I've been kind of keeping track of it. It looks like you all were real close to like seventy five percent. Yeah. Of the funding. So since I mean, if it doesn't, if it doesn't reach it, so what happens then?
3: So my my, my, my Kickstarter model is a little different than most. This is not really a pre order. So one of the things you can do with Kickstarter is raise money to build something or to fund something. I actually funded this already. Um, you know, Sarah Nice book. You've seen it. It's done it's it's actually i've got a proof in my room that i need to send out to somebody but um 60 or 70 percent of the rpg is finished about three quarters of the art's done too so regardless of whether or not we fund here both of those books are coming out you know the the devil's city will come out pretty quick actually um i'll just do a different avenue you know i'll kind of have to do some I'm, i'll do a little bit of different things with how i do the formatting of the rpg side but It's all still going to come out because it's all already written pretty much. Um, So, again, I'm, you know, Sarah and I were talking about this, too, is if we need to defund or if I if we don't fund, um, I'll probably switch it around some and do it more print on demand so that I don't have a physical stock and try to get ways to bring the price per unit down a lot for your for the people buying it. Because, again, I want people to get this book. It's not for me. I just assume. So, I mean, I'm only selling two or three hundred copies anyway. This isn't like I'm going to be buying a house with it. So, I'm happy to, you know, if it means I can get this down to twelve bucks a book or whatever, I'll do whatever I can. because um, that's what's important. So, long story short, it's it's not going anywhere. We're still going to publish it. We'll just have to do it
1: slightly different way.
0: And uh, also, uh, one of the things you said a little while ago about, you know, it's and it's got people working. Um, right now in a really, really fucking hard time for creatives and that's that alone is all the reason you need if you can to go donate to that damn Kickstarter um, and then add on all this other great stuff, you know, and I can't see why you wouldn't, so that's my opinion, people go I'll, fucking donate
3: <laughs> no, it's not a donate, a it's a we'll give Let's you something
0: back back. It. that's what I meant, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean I guess you can donate.
3: Uh, yeah. You know, you gotta, you know, I mean, if Stephen King's listening and he wants to just go ahead and pledge three grand, I'll take it.
0: I'll like get yeah. I mean that's
3: like, that's like well, you, I, I mean that's nothing for Steve.
0: Yeah, huh. Will you take I'll my money out, and not couch. give me any fucking thing in return? <laughs>
3: <laughs> if Stephen King backs it for a dollar, I'll give him anything he wants. <laughs> as long as he retweets no, as long as he retweets <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, one one retweet would make your whole fucking fundraiser.
3: It's crazy. There are influencers <laughs> out there, especially in the RPG side, that can do that. Yeah. Um there's one or two that are really actually they're really great people. Actually I don't I don't know them personally, but I know people who know them. And um one of the guys' name is his name's Matt too, Matt Mercer. Super incredibly nice guy, great with his time, does everything he can for his fans. And if Matt Mercer says, you know what, this is a neat Kickstarter, they get like fifteen grand in the next Two hours. Um, it's insane, and he's the one who actually had like a three million dollar Kickstarter because he was doing a cartoon. Um, oh wow! And a cartoon and some books and stuff, but but I'm glad they had that success. That's amazing and awesome. But yeah, you're right. It's it's kind of interesting that some people can do to say, you know what, this is really cool, and all of a sudden everybody goes. And that's that's how hard it is is for us small small independents to to get that.
2: But
0: how? Um... If you were to pay him like say twenty five percent of the fifteen grand, would he put that tweet out for you anyway?
3: Matt Mercer probably wouldn't. I don't think Matt Mercer <laughs> I'm I, kidding. No, I don't think you can buy him. No, and I don't mean it I don't mean it because I don't think you can he's I don't think you can buy Matt. That's that's why I mean that. Um I think if he thought your product was good and he liked it, he'd do it for free. Oh yeah.
0: Uh, oh yeah
3: that that yeah he's no i mean he seems like a genuinely very nice man I mean, a very very good guy he actually retweeted a tweet <laughs> from harper's book so the the book i did for my daughter harper's tale so he didn't even he did like a, a retweet of a retweet on it didn't see it and just said oh yeah this is neat i think it's about you know just like two words and i think we got nine hundred dollars in 30 minutes something like that wow. <laughs> Um, awesome. so, yeah, uh so yeah, no, he's a, uh, yeah, I don't think I would, I, I don't think Matt would actually take money, but hey, I guess if he would, um, we, we can do some business, I can do some, some business dealings with him ever.
0: Hey, King see, has been known to be profiteering. You could offer the same deal to him.
3: do <laughs> whatever I have to do, get Steve and his, and Joe, get both of them, see what I can do there. joe just got lock and key. Which would be a neat, another neat game.
2: Yeah, I mean, okay. that would be pretty cool. You yeah. said
0: you said, "And Joe, gotcha." I thought you said, "Get Steve and his banjo." I'm going what? <laughs>
2: That's Steve Martin. <laughs> <laughs> like wrong, I'm Steve, Steve dude.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh, I just had a mental picture of Steve Martin singing about H.H. Holmes with a banjo. <laughs>
5: oh, I would watch that. That would be I all kinds of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is Matt Mercer one of your, by the power of Matt's combined? Yes.
3: Like, and Matt Colville, <laughs> absolutely. Matt Colville is another one that's a super nice guy that was in part of what, Matt Matt Colville's also had a million dollar RPG Kickstarter. Um, yeah, Matt Lillard, who I've actually met Matt Lillard and emailed him once or twice. He's another nice guy. He, um, he actually helped a lot with Harper's book um retweeting it his company retweeted it a lot his company actually just retweets this for me whenever i ask them to um and then there's a handful of other masks but yeah anybody named matt we just do the mask power and see what happens
5: (laughs) generally not generally not
3: much but (laughs) that's
5: probably more than if i tried to like summon all the laurels i've met like two and
0: (laughs) (laughs) that'd be me summon all the chains standing there in the corner alone (laughs) <laughs> or you could just summon the
1: keens
5: Oh, go. Go. summon the keens and you're good yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah and I've never met a keen that wasn't a mean motherfucker either so. <laughs> <laughs> except me oh yeah, yeah. I'm an wow. exception I'm a nice guy
5: <laughs>
0: nobody's agreeing with
1: me <laughs>
2: It's so wait, true. Take my word for away. it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just hear crickets chirping.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Click. Everybody hangs up collectively.
3: <laughs> I was just thinking so I was just remembering like so so <laughs> Laurel, you already knew I, I well, I hope you remember that. You promised to put me in a book because I put you in one. Um Rich, I don't have you in this yet. I need to get you in the whore in the Windy City somehow. Shane's got a barbershop. Shane's kit and <laughs> Yeah, he, t- uh, he told me about that. I thought that was awesome. I yeah. I started writing it, and I'm like – I got the map from Toby, and I'm writing it. And I'm like, okay, so there's a barbershop, and there's a bunch of toilets behind it, and that's bizarre. <laughs> but Holmes did weird stuff anyway, so that was fine. And then I'm like, you know, I need some big, bushy, beardy guy. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <it fits> Shane.
1: <laughs> I, I was going to say, as soon as you started describing it, I was like, yeah, that fits Shane
0: pretty yeah. good. But I'm, you know, one thing, though, as long as I stay the bushy beardy guy, because I thought about that barber thing. And it's like, if I have to lose a beard, fuck that. I'm not
5: doing this.
2: (laughs) Well, Laurel's
3: got a Laurel's got a jewelry shop.
5: Uh, Oh, I get the jewelry shop. Okay, cool.
3: You do. You have jewelry.
0: Make Uh, rich a bank robber. A (laughs) jewel. A jewelry store <laughs> robber.
1: <laughs> I think jewelry. I've got a dentist. I think I've
3: got a dentist on the third floor. You can be a dentist, Rich.
1: All right, yeah. Especially set back in those times, dentists were pretty uh, creepy. So I'll take
2: <laughs> it. It'd be like Little we Shop of that. Horrors. That could, huh? be, yeah. could be your thing.
5: <laughs> so is yeah. Sarah in it? Sarah, do you have a a room there? I don't think so.
3: I'm gonna do the second floor. Sarah, you're gonna be on the second floor. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's well, that. so, so the first floor's retail. <laughs> retail.
0: You know, at least you haven't been thrown down one of those fucking chutes.
2: <laughs> <So. laughs> <The basement. laughs>
0: yeah. I'm trying to think you in the basement. I don't think any
3: people are well, you know what? I've got three cells in the basement. I haven't haven't um put occupants in yet. Um Sadie's in the Sadie's running a um restaurant with John. Let's see. That's what I. I yeah, I'm. I, I. I'm awful with names sometimes, and I'm, I literally did go to Twitter. I'm like, whose tweets are in front of me right now? And of course, it's all <laughs> you. So you guys all get thrown in there.
0: I got some. Uh, I got some good ideas for who to put in those cages. So
3: uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I'll take my- <laughs> It's all fictional anyway, right?
0: Exactly. <laughs> really, yeah. And it wouldn't be like it was anybody I was fantasizing about, just putting in a fucking cage and forgetting about. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that took a dark turn. As one does.
0: What was that, Sarah?
4: That as one does. You can't it for a while. Oh yeah.
5: Well, it's funny, Matt, because yeah, like I I think you responded that when I tweeted that picture of that mug I have that's like you know, please do not annoy the writer or she'll kill you off in a book. And I posted it mostly because I was deeply, seriously irritated at someone in real life. Um, and the response to that was like, please kill me. Please kill me. We're like, huh. OK, I'm very concerned about you people now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, Alan did it. It's Alan's fault. Didn't yeah. You know that? I mean, I think he started it. That.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Alan
5: actually,
3: he, that's true.
5: Actually, we did all volunteer for that. So,
0: yeah. yeah. And, it was, and it was kind of a thing where he made a joke about killing every one of us because we talked him into writing the book in the first place and everybody started,
2: Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I love,
1: I love that book. Cause I was my, my biggest like dream and Laurel can be concerned for me. Cause I told this to Hunter Shay. I was like, I just want to be like cannon fodder in somebody's story. Like one of those early characters, <laughs> And uh, I kind of got the best of both worlds in Alan's because I made it, like, towards the end, but I had a really cool death in there. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, it was a giant kangaroo, so, I mean. Yeah, the kangaroo is funny. Oh, well, they're
5: funny. There's no bad deaths in that book, really.
2: No.
3: Yeah, no. <laughs> they're pretty funny. So, yeah, I mean, it was. It, it's interesting when I'm writing the book, though, like, especially, like, you know, Sarah was saying, kind of getting in that headspace so i wrote the first floor and then i went down to the basement and the basement is where all the bad stuff is and um it was funny i was talking i don't even know who we were talking about it with but you know like all this shit that you see on the first floor in the basement of the homes is basement is stuff that if you play dungeons and dragons you've seen it and you've thought nothing about it like a bat of acid oh who gives a shit it's a bat of acid or there's a big fire there's a kiln or whatever um it's interesting though because of the context of the situation the fact that this stuff was all real and the way that i write it and the way that sarah wrote it novella and stuff it's you it's the same thing but it's so much more creepy and it's so much different headspace i mean there's even a room on the first floor where the floor drops out and so i think i was even doing this like one of the days i was actually researching the physics between a short drop and a long drop and i'm not sure how many people, if any of you guys know what that means, like, do you guys are familiar with those terms? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so I actually had to figure that out, like, in d and game terms, like, what the, what the math of it is. Um, but then also, like, it was kind of fun to do a trap where Holmes puts pushes the lever to one, and it does a short drop. So you only drop, you know, three feet. But if he really doesn't like you, or if he's just kind of in a really bad mood, he just switches the lever all the way, and it's a 10-foot drop, and it decapitates you. And it's like it's it's the fun deaths of, of the characters <laughs> that just totally reminded me of the the dead drop room that Toby threw in the middle of the first floor, and I didn't even know he was going to do it. But it's it's such a weird headspace to get into sometimes with that stuff.
0: Oh yeah, because can can you imagine if we were all sitting at a table in a mental hospital talking like this? None of <laughs> none of us would ever leave again. <laughs> It actually, though, it is, though, and it's though, been repeated several times now, it's really, really, really interesting to me taking that approach. Um, you know, the whole, the whole horror aspect of it. I mean, I've seen it in video games, but um, but even more intriguing is the way you're approaching the books because of the they're happening kind of alongside the game development, and that's a lot yeah. different than, like, I mean, for a bad example, if you were to take Warcraft, uh, the bad books that came out behind that were uh, written well after the fact, you know, instead of so they feel like and read like they were adapted. This right. this feels like it's it's a cohesive thing.
3: Perfect. Thank you. That's that's exactly what I want. You know, I even I even did it with the maps. So Toby and I, Toby did the maps for me. Um Toby and I work and we do basically what we would consider an outline for the map. And then he just draws it and then he hands it to me. And then I write it. I write, I didn't write any of those rooms until I saw the pictures. And so I want my art or I want my words to match his art. Um, And just like, you know, when we did the novel, you know, I wanted our game to match our book and I wanted all to be together and work together really, really well. Um, that's, that's what's fun to me. And it's honestly, it's a little bit easier too. I don't have to make up as much stuff. So that's nice. Yeah, I
5: like the, I, I like the just total collaborative effort of that. And I don't know. Yeah. And it and it's, it's interesting because again, I think this was probably something that just wasn't necessarily on my radar, but I noticed the other day there was a Twitter conversation going on and I know, I'm pretty sure Laird Barron was taking part and it's like, there were several authors who were talking about wanting RPG worlds for their, you yeah, know, for Laird their written does. universes.
3: Yeah. So Laird and Brian Keane, I think, right. Wasn't Brian the other one that said that?
5: Yeah, so, maybe. Yeah.
3: So, so Laird and I are friends on Twitter, at least enough that I'm not blocked to sending him messages. At least. <laughs> <while I'm>. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: and
3: I, I, I mean, I've been a fan of Laird for a while. Um, and I did message him and let him know that if he ever wants anybody to do anything, please let me know. Um, cause I'd love to work with him. Um, on anything actually um because again i think it's 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 just an interesting really an interesting idea and i think i think horror lends itself to rpgs actually really really well especially these days because rpgs these days it's gone away from when we were all kids when it was like you know we go in a dungeon and we kill a goblin and we do a dragon and we do this and that and it's like it's actually much more collaborative story building now um and that's what horror about, is really about actually getting in there and doing the story um, and getting into that headspace like we were kind of already talking about. And it's not about going in there and always winning, you know, or even if you do win, it's typically at a pretty big cost, um, which, I mean, again, that's like some of my favorite authors. Like, like S.P. Miskowski, I always talk about her because she's so incredible. Um, her books are grim. And they're incredibly good. I mean, they are probably some of my favorites and they're also ones that I tend to have to take in chunks. Even, even I have to do that. Like actually Sarah too, to be devoured, I had to take that in chunks too, because it got a little grim there at the end. Um, A little. A little grim. (laughs) Um, But then again, so did our book. So, but I, I think it's, those are the best stories though. You know, the ones where it is hard and it is difficult. And, you you paid a price. You know, it wasn't easy.
0: No, but I, I agree with you, especially I haven't read To Be Devoured yet. But uh, S.P. Moskowski um, has no, I've never read anything by her that j- didn't just disturb the fuck out of me. And I, I have to step back every now and then
3: we we I got. So her and I did message too. the only reason why she's not working on the prison book is because she didn't have time. It's because of the stuff that she's got going on right now. We messaged uh, up. She wanted to. We actually had a contract, and she just couldn't meet the dates. She's amazing. Absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, she is. Yeah. Uh, one, one cool thing that you kind of just touched on, uh, Matt, was, you know, how horror lends itself to these RPG games. And I agree with you, because you can probably, we could spend, like, a whole other episode talking about, you know, authors that have kind of, you know, built, like, these mythologies, you know, throughout their work so I agree with you that it would lend itself to some, It would, some of them would make some pretty cool RPG games. So you could probably do like a couple of them.
3: Oh gosh. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't know if, Ke- I mean like, so Kevin Lucia, um, yeah. Had, so, and I don't know if Kevin's going to I don't know. Maybe I hope Kevin listens to this. I'm an enormous fan of Kevin's. I love all of those books that he wrote. And I, the name of the town is escaping me right this minute. Um, but I read those, and I, I mean, when I read those books, especially anybody that has a shared – like a kind of a shared universe, yeah. it always, that always goes in my head. I'm like, man, why don't we just throw this into a big source book and give people some ideas on how to actually play and how to be in that game or be in that world?
1: Yeah, I think that would be really cool because, like I said, there's – There's some, like you said, especially like, you know, Laird and there's just so many. But yeah, that would be that would be pretty cool to have kind of like, you know, a massive game like that where you could do a whole bunch of different uh, different types of games around it. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, my Twitter's open. I'm friends with
3: everybody. I'm pretty nice. Yeah. So Feel free if anybody wants to talk about it. Let me know.
0: I can vouch for it. He seems like he's pretty nice. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I pay my I, I pay my bills I I show up um what else do I do <laughs> I lose um, sleep over these things um all that stuff
0: um I mean, it's important if you don't lose sleep over it, you don't care enough I, you know what I think you're
5: probably right <laughs> to, to a
1: certain
0: degree
2: I think you're right
5: I I can imagine though that that's I mean that would be just hugely beneficial because i i just think there's so much that's involved with creating rpgs that is a whole different world than you know than writing prose or poetry or anything else because there's just so much different stuff that goes into that so
3: i i think there is um i mean there's it's math it's funny my dad read whispers in the dark which is my whispers in the dark not your um my whispers (laughs) (laughs) He, it is my dad. So anyway, he yeah, that's and he's looking at it finally. I mean, I've been writing these for a couple of years and playing them since like the 80s. And he finally read one and he's like, man, there's a lot of math in that. I'm like, I know, dad. It's a lot of math. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I tell people it's a different brain. You know, my design brain is totally different than my writing brain. Like today, I tried really hard to write because I wanted to write something for Weird Tales or at least to attempt to do a submission for Weird Tales since they're open next week. And I deleted about 200 words and I think I wrote about 75 and I'm like, well, shit, that didn't work out. And I did some basically what I, I mean, almost in my head, it's almost admin work. You know, I just i moved folders around and pushed papers and did a little bit of design stuff, but at least it was a different brain. So when something's not working, I can at least do that. Because it, it's very different. I, I can't create as much as like you know, like Sarah and a lot of other folks. I just can't get down that many word, not that many, that much fiction words. I guess if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. I need to, I yeah. need to be able to switch brains like that. I'm just fucking crazy all the time.
4: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel right now too. It's hard to write anything or do anything. It's brain, so melted.
0: Oh, right. I mean, it's like I've been writing a lot, but only because I made a commitment right as this stuff started and I thought I was still going to be human again for a while.
2: Yep.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All your stuff with Josh? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah.
0: That's
3: awesome. That's super cool.
0: It is super cool. I'm enjoying it. It's keeping me sane a little bit. That's just sane as I get.
3: Take what you get, right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Not to mention, it's just an incredible honor, you know, to pitch something like that to him and have him say, "Yes, fuck, I love that and take yeah. it," you know. So, but. Right. Uh,
3: <laughs> so Laurel, when did you take? When was your title? When did you come up with your title? I, I can't believe it be before <laughs> mine. But <laughs> let's well, settle it.
2: The
5: the uh, book came out in 2018, and I started writing it in 2009.
2: Whoa, oh, awesome. So yeah. <laughs> uh,
5: okay. when, uh, when when did you come up with yours, Matt? When
1: that was you- Laurel's mic drop right there. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and I, so this was another one I did actually really fast.
3: MT and I talked about doing a book together in July. I published it in January.
5: So, me first, then.
3: Yeah. yeah. H- I stole mine from H.P. Lovecraft, so we'll just call it. That's fair. Yeah. That's
0: but fair. you did answer the question. You answered the question she was asking last night, because she said, what the fuck is the name of his again? <laughs> nice. I always get it wrong, too.
3: I always get it messed up, too. Like, Whisperers of the Darkness. Whisper no, the Whisperer in the Darkness. I get it. Or, in Darkness. Yeah, I get it messed up, too. Trying
0: to make it a H.P. Lovecraft novel. <laughs>
3: We have mythos. We have mythos. A tiny bit. We have spiders.
5: No spoilers. <laughs> <on>? uh, <laughs> <right there. laughs>
0: nope. No spoilers. Well, okay. now...
5: just, just spiders. That's it.
0: <laughs> some, somebody spoiled the fuck out of that part for me, so Man, don't I mean, do that.
5: He never expects you to go back and read the messages that happen before you get it. Yeah.
0: We're yeah. <laughs> <Or> like, <laughs> yeah,
5: we're
1: safe. There's like 30 some messages in here, but apparently not. <laughs>
5: That's, it was so funny, Matt, listening, because I listened to your all uh, girl's appearance on Staring into the Abyss, and it was just like slightly jarring to hear people referring to whispers. This is going to make it sound like really egotistical, but it's odd to not hear <laughs> that in reference to my book. And I'm like, oh, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that's weird, though. I mean, it's just because it's like, you know, uh, oh. anyway. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but not that I because I should have
5: about it, but <laughs> it's just. Took some adjustment. That's
0: because, as it turns out, it was yours first.
2: <laughs> oh, no, apparently, I yeah, I,
3: yeah, I stole the title. I didn't realize that was published. I thought you published that last year.
5: And yeah, um, in large part, that's know. because I didn't know what I was doing with respect to marketing. So.
3: <laughs> oh, we're all learning that one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I just I just tweet a lot and see what happens.
5: Yeah, that's that's where I do with it too.
4: Well, obviously, something's worked for you, because look where you're at now.
0: Right, hanging out with Shane and Rich. That's (laughs) fucking (laughs) score, Laurel. (laughs) She's hit the big time. (laughs) But I agree with you, Sarah. I totally agree with you, because that book, it's like every day I log in and somebody's raving about that book. They should be. And and Laurel's made multiple other... uh, I won't say what they are, but she's made multiple other sales since then, too. And she's seeing some success, and that makes us very, very proud of her. Very, very, oh, very excited. thank exciting.
4: you. I'm very excited for your Midnight in the Pentagram story, too. That anthology sounds so cool.
5: Thanks. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. that's be exciting. Yeah. I think that's well, and,
3: fun. yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to see that everybody's getting some work, to be honest with you. It's so nice to see that it seems like at least the people that I see on Twitter that everybody is actually getting a little bit busier and getting a little bit more noticed. And that's, that's awesome.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I love to see that. Yeah. And I'm so, so were you going to, were you planning to go to the Stokers, Sarah? The English?
4: No, no. <laughs> I'm an adjunct. I can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i know i can't afford to go to one in portland i can't imagine
5: getting (laughs) all the way over there (laughs) well i'm glad you at least didn't have to cancel plane tickets
4: i I felt so bad for everyone not just that just sucks it just sucks so i'm really hoping next year denver we'll see we'll see what happens (laughs) uh looking forward to it so fingers crossed
0: Yeah. yeah Yeah, well, let's all assume that it's going to happen and be positive about it, and then we'll all cry together next year. (laughs) It's like put positive energy into that sucker until it lets us down and, you know, suddenly everybody's nihilistic again.
4: I always am, though, so it's hard. What is this optimism you speak of?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs>
4: uh,
0: trust me, I'm a preacher, not a practicer.
5: <laughs> so, Sarah, your your uh, collection is getting ready. Is that this this fall that you're releasing it? And this is the plague. Is
2: so.
4: Hi. I am supposed to be finished with it by the end of this month, so I'm working on that. Um, it's Cradle Land of Parasites, my third poetry collection. It might be published earlier than the fall. There are things being worked out about that, but I can't really say anything else yet. But we might see it earlier than the fall. Um, so, yeah, I've just been reading all this plague research for the past six months. So <great>. <My bad. laughs>
0: That's just, yeah, the timing is fucking excellent. <laughs> but actually. I don't
4: actually, want to, don't want to you, the future, but I guess I did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it turns out it turns out it isn't the onion that's fucking Nostradamus. It's Sarah. <laughs>
3: All right. So so you guys have awoken the, the terrible monster, Harper. Harper, you want to say hi to everybody?
2: Hi. Hi, Harper. Hi.
3: Oh, hi arper who is it who is it so this is sarah who wrote the book with me right laurel who stole my book title but <laughs> 10 years before i I wrote my book but she's really psychic and then it's rich and chain so we're talking on a podcast about horror stuff i ha-
0: i apologize deeply if you heard any of my language prior to she's, heard it,
2: she's heard it before okay. she has tiktok I
0: don't I haven't heard anything. I've been watching my show, so. Uh-huh. Okay. You
3: want to tell them <laughs> what your favorite Twilight Zone episode is real quick?
0: Twilight Zone? Oh, it's
3: definitely the one on the airplane where he tries to save them.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, oh, but okay. then he
3: ends up crashing the airplane, and then they all kill him.
2: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, <laughs>
4: like, there was one body that was not found, and it was like.
3: <laughs> and that's my nine-year-old. That is, par- <laughs> that is yeah.
0: parenting yeah. done oh, sure. right right there, Matt. <laughs> yeah. The comedy
3: one was pretty cool. Yeah, she loves Jordan Peele's. T- we watched the first three, and then I'm like, okay, maybe I should let her watch all
0: these. <laughs> <laughs> they are good. So, Okay, sweet. Good night. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going... Fuck, has she been listening the whole time? <laughs> oh nasty. She's heard it. She
3: also knows better than to say it. So that's what I,
0: Okay, I just I feel bad about stuff like my son's first word was fuck. <laughs> I, I've never figured out why, but I always, always thought that word. was that's still, a surprise.
5: It's probably yeah. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, Shane, I think you you weren't on that night, but it was the when Tiny Buddy came in while we were talking to Violet about yeah. Rebecca and horror, and I'm just like, of course, my yeah. like, two-year-old.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, don't take oh, any of boring. that
0: conversation to preschool with you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, that that, that <laughs> was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, so Matt, um, you know, is there anything you can tell us too about uh, you know, maybe some of the uh, other yeah. RPG projects you have going on? Yeah, so I mean, I mean, the RPG stuff. I know
3: we don't care about that too much, but um, Sandy, <laughs> I'm working on two books for Sandy right now. Two more. I've got two in the hopper with him. Um one I was a uh, like just did the, the the math on basically and the other one I co-wrote with him. Um those will be out this year and a couple others that I wrote a while ago that are still kind of in limbo um for Cobalt Press. But I think the stuff I'm, I know I'm more interested in I think you guys probably will be too or the folks listening anyway. You know, Brimstone and Blood is going to be coming out, I hope this year. That's John taft's um novella. That's um part of his fearing series so you know john i kind of reached out to john and john was it was funny i basically told john i can get you a map and that's all i needed to do and (laughs) um, (laughs) and that's what he wanted so and john only lives a couple hours from me so at some point i'm gonna crash out and just kind of find him and take him to a bar or something but um so john's working on that i've read the first two chapters of it it's coming along great it's really interesting it's about jacoby um which is a really neat, interesting story so that you don't really hear about because, cool. of course, you know, Jacoby yeah. shows up and he's kind of already is what he is. Right. Um, this, is, this is him getting there. And so that's going to be later this year, probably. Um, it'll be done this year. I hope it might be out this year, too, I hope. Um, and honestly, the project I'm probably the most excited about is the one that Laurel's working on with us. So it's going to be Laurel, Jim Amore, Jess Landry, um, and Bob Ford. Oh, right on. Yeah, and then I'm going to be doing a little bit there, too. And it's called, um, what is it called? Your Own Time. I can do this. Um, Your Own Time. And so it's a, it's going to be another kind of, it's going to be an anthology. Everybody's going to write their own stories and do their own thing. But the stories are going to have a shared location, and it's going to be a prison. And a prison in the early 20th century, and I'm already forgetting what dates, but it's probably going to be around 1915 through about 1950. Um, so the first half of the 1900s, and the part I'm going to be doing is kind of as the warden watching all the things happen yeah, that yeah. the other five, the other four authors are going to be writing about.
0: That's interesting too, because yeah. I mean that that's that was a great time to be in prison in America.
2: Uh, <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
3: it was and so yeah no laura's already looked it up a little bit actually so she she's she i think is so yeah i pitched that one actually to a bunch of folks and everybody was interested and only and a couple of folks couldn't do it um but i'm incredibly excited about that one and that's going to be another one that will end up you know john's book will actually i'll end up doing something with the fearing for the game as well um and the prison you know again uh, your own time will definitely be a book first and then build a rpg around it um situation so i'm super excited about that one actually because like you said prison i mean if you listen to those old lore has a couple really good podcasts about um yeah is it louisville i think it's louisville right yeah i, Lu- I think it's louisville i think is the one i even told laurel and I'm, but I'm already forgetting which one i even told her but Louisville's the one that i keep thinking of where they did all the experiments on the inmates
0: uh, some pretty crazy stuff. So, Laurel, are you sitting there thinking Louisville? Louisville? Louisville?
5: <laughs> Louisville, yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's, I don't expect anyone to – it's Kentucky. It's where, Sorry. You know, it's the, it doesn't make any sense because we say Versailles – it's it's clearly
2: not for sales.
1: I, the way that came out, it's clearly not Versailles.
5: <laughs> well, like I'm, I'm a I'm a Kentuckian who also speaks French and has like sort of more of a continental accent, so that I sometimes just get into really. Uh
0: I don't know. <laughs> How like interesting. I, you say something in French and 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 finish it with the word Versailles.
5: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Nobody in this state and of course when I talk to people that are not in Kentucky and I'm like, "Yeah, they were in Paris, France." And they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, "We know where Paris is." I'm like, "No, no. Because there's also Paris, Kentucky, and if I'm in Kentucky and I say I went to Paris, they think I went 20 minutes down the road. So <laughs> I like Paris, to clarify Missouri. these things.
3: There's <laughs> Paris, Missouri, it's two hours away. There you it's go. Next to Mexico, Missouri.
5: There's the <laughs> Mexico, Missouri. Good. There
3: to is, know. And it's next to Paris. I'm not kidding. These things. I, there is. There's Cairo. There's Cairo, and it's up Cairo. Cairo, Cairo, uh, and Arab uh, in Alabama. Arab, oh. Alabama. actually have. I have distant family in Arab. It's it's interesting to be in the South and pronounce things. <laughs>
2: yeah.
5: I was just thinking about, you know, like when it's I guess it just sounds pretentious at this point, but it's like, I don't know, Arby's got a chicken cordon bleu and, and I, I I I took five years of French, so I ordered a chicken cordon bleu and they were just like what the fuck? and I'm like, God damn, I'm sorry, a chicken cordon bleu. Right. right. Okay.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, chicken cordon bleh. Yeah. bleh. <laughs> sounds sounds fucking delicious. <laughs> I,
1: I never thought I'd hear the words pretentious and
0: Arby's in that was yeah, that was the bigger oxymoron. <laughs> that, uh,
5: you have not lived until your mom calls you pretentious <laughs> and an artist.
2: You <laughs>
0: You You ate at McDonald's. You uppity bitch. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, <laughs> so we
5: totally we've totally hijacked this Matt <laughs> man Matt, Matt sir I'm playing. not even sure what we're talking about I'm laughing so <laughs> <laughs> so it <really>, <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're quite literally talking about not a goddamn <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of how these every you know we did a kickstarter okay now we can go
3: back to what we we're talking
0: about <laughs> <laughs> how about this though tell us the url for that Kickstarter and I'll put it in the show notes too.
3: Uh, it's long. Um, yeah. It's the Devil's City for 5e is probably the easiest way to find it. Yeah. Um, 5e beating Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. um You know, I think what I, you know, and again, Sarah and I have been talking about this on and off for a couple of weeks and a bunch, all the creators, we all know this, or we've all been talking about this a lot. And I'm not sure that we're going to fund. And that's not the end of the world. What we will do is we'll just pivot, we'll make it a little bit less expensive. Um, And you still get it out to everybody. And I think some of you have seen the proof, at least the pictures of the proof I put out online. And that's actually print on demand. Um, And I know some folks have a a less than a great uh, perception of print on demand. The people that I use do a a really, really good job Um, and they're fairly reasonable and they are all over the world. So, you know, if Alan wants to get this out there uh, in Australia, he can certainly go buy it. If Gavin wants to get one and wherever Gavin's in, in, I think, in England. Right. Um, You know, that was the thing is I really wanted to make the Kickstarter actually international friendly um, for anybody. And I know that and and shipping and stuff is ridiculous on books. So we kind of set it up that way. So, yeah, when we if we don't fund again, we'll put it out as print on demand and do it a different way. So it's cheaper for everybody. But. Yeah, there's some great quality books out there, or it will be a great quality book. We'll get it. We'll get it to you as, as inexpensively and easily as we can
2: all over the world.
5: Well, and print on demand actually is how a, a large number of publishers do it now anyway. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, yeah there's there's not any major difference there. But I, I really, really hope that it gets backed. <laughs> I would love to see it get fully backed.
3: Me too. That would be super sweet. Um. Yeah, I would love to talk to some folks about that, because I think that's and this is a total non horror tangent, but it's a it's, it, it's a tangent that might affect all of us in some way, shape or form. But, you know, there's so many unusual ways to do business, I guess we'll call it that um, in the book world. And it's RPGs just as odd as fiction. Um, I'd love to have a bunch of folks or just kind of learn more about how people are doing print on demand and how they're actually getting their books out to people easier and better um i think that's an interesting conversation because there's no guidance out there anywhere that's that was the hardest thing for me to learn the last couple years getting into publishing was trying to figure out how to do it and how to do it right because i want to do this long term you know i I want people to want to have their books published by me and or work with me in some way shape or form and this is i mean this is one of the ways i'm trying to do it
5: i think that's yeah well and i think that's actually something that you know that Maybe as as we're closing uh, in on the last part of the Kickstarter that that maybe uh, maybe you could put some more out about because, it, you know, looking at it in terms of uh, a viable uh, indie publisher and just the, diff, you know, the different paths to that. I think that's something that we all benefit from. Absolutely.
4: Definitely. Yeah.
3: I can do that. I I, I wrote a, (laughs) I did that actually for Lambs Light Sanitarium, which was my first one. I actually, somebody asked me about that. So that one is like six grand or something like that. I wrote it all by myself. I wrote the entire thing by myself. I did 80% of the art probably as well. And somebody's like, well, didn't you make X? They're like, didn't you make at least a couple grand? Because they didn't realize that. I'm like, no, I I paid $30 to do this after the $6,000 I raised. And I gave four months of my life to do it too. Um, and that's what this year is about for me. And this book is about is to see if I can start doing my books instead of having somebody hire me to do their books. Um, so, yeah, I think that's I can definitely do that post. That's a good one. That's a fun post to do. It's kind of eye opening for a lot of people to realize that, you know, these books, you know, and, and aren't cheap. Nothing's, you know, and, and I do pay you know, professional rates like, you know, I pay HWA and SFWA rates. For everything and do royalties and profit share and all that stuff so you know even still nobody's really making a lot of money and it's it's just because we just can't get eyes on it you know i think you guys probably heard me say that before too is you know none of us are competing with each other and none of us act like that but some folks out there won't retweet somebody else because like well we're both selling books or we're both doing rpgs and like i, I have 241 backers right now i'm not doing anything to you i'm not stopping anybody from buying a book from you i promise um and if we can all support each other, maybe we can get up to four or five hundred, which, again, we talked about that last time with somebody's like, you know, if we can each get like five hundred or a thousand people that really like us and back us, we can all start doing a lot of fun things.
5: Yeah, well, and, and you know, there's there's just a lot to it, too, with the alternate paths. Um, you know, I speak to a lot of authors who are get, you know, get very frustrated by the whole like uh, not being able to publish own voices sort of materials and and. Just enhancing accessibility and enhancing the ability to be able to hear the, you know, the hear the voices from authors of color and authors, you know, mm-hmm. who are in the uh, LGBTQ and and all that sort of thing. And this is another avenue for that because the more that we can take that out of the hands of like the big five, the right. I mean, again, just the better off we all are.
3: Right. And you know, we did that with Harper's book. Um, I, I, we, really, I mean, that was an enormous effort in Harper's book because I was, I wanted to, and that my, in my head, I thought it wouldn't be a nightmare to have 25 people working on one book, um, and so we did an enormous um, reach to make sure everybody and every type of person and any kind of situation was kind of represented. And I think that's it too: is if we want to do these things, we have to be able to. One, support each other. And then also kind of even if it's just intellectually and with our experience um, to do this and to show that there are ways to do these things and to get this stuff out there. So it, it's an interesting time. You know, it's, it's a time now where you can anybody can write a book if they've got the almost the endurance for it to get just go through the grind and to not give up because um, it's, it's super hard and it's super time consuming and you're not going to get a lot out of it except for personal satisfaction for most of us. Um, and that's definitely a lot and again I think people should try it at least give it a shot
0: I think yeah I agree with you I think that's a good good idea and um, the, the collaborative nature of it I mean just just kind of gives it a sense of a like a, a little micro community you know and then it just grows and grows as you get more more supporters
2: definitely
3: absolutely.
4: Yeah, and just to add on to that, I think with um, the anthology, the anthology I just edited, not all monsters, we didn't know if how many, like how much support we would get for that because it was an all-women's anthology, and I don't know, people know the history of Strange House, and there used to be someone associated with it with really unsanitary views,
2: mm-hmm. yep. kind
4: of took that back, and now we just publish women through Strange House, so it was kind of like a big. Well, screw you. This is what we're doing, and we're (laughs) going to (laughs) raise up (laughs) the voice of the women, and we've had great support. I mean, it's really been very humbling and honoring to know that people will support you when you take that risk to go in that direction.
0: Yeah, see, Rooster Republic did two really, really super good things with that imprint. One of them was making it an all-women imprint and the other one was putting Sarah Tantlinger in charge of that thank you (laughs) it's uh it's kind of you know you have a pretty huge following amongst indie you know fans and authors Um, as a reviewer and critic I know tons and tons and tons of people who do the same thing I do and I don't know any who have ever said oh don't read her she sucks You know, um, but I do have several of them that I know that would say it just that way if they didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's
5: true. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll, I will, yeah, I'll, uh back shane up on that too as far as just like because i read i read to be devoured so this will just be my quick moment to get to fangirl over that that was just beautifully done um bark's books laurie laurie bark had been talking about it for a while and i was so excited to get to it so yeah that's just bravo lots of applause over here for that (laughs) absolutely
4: thank you i love laurie she's awesome
5: (laughs)
0: But I'm trying to figure out how to con you into letting me be a beta re- reader for that poetry collection because I don't want to wait.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <finish> it first.
5: <laughs> no, I still don't want to wait. <laughs> She's just going to hover over your keyboard. That that won't uh, impede your work, will it? Maybe, yeah.
4: maybe that's what I need. I need like a ghost Shane just like yelling at me to finish it the whole time.
5: <laughs> I
0: sometimes <laughs> need that too. <laughs> It's like, oh, I have a poem due tomorrow. I should write that, 3 a.m.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm,
3: that's, you know, honestly, I'm actually excited about the Kickstarter being over one way or the other in a couple of days because then I might actually get some work done. Because um, <laughs> it's all you do. And I mean, I've still gotten a fair amount of work done, actually. And of course, my real job doesn't care um, what I'm doing outside of it. But it will be nice to be able to get, like you said, kind of, be able to catch up and get a little bit, and and only have to worry about the pandemic and all that fun stuff.
5: So you're ready to get get back to worrying about the pandemic. <laughs> only worrying about the pandemic. So only oh, okay, only ready. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: I'm ready to get yeah. back to the fucked up world. Oh yeah, my girls are <laughs> just
5: absolutely
3: crazy. They are so stir crazy right now, yeah. both of them.
0: Yeah, it's hard on kids, really super hard on kids, Um, both for that reason, because, you know, children have all that amazing energy anyway, and um, then on top of that, there's the anxiety of everything that's on the news and everything that anybody they know is talking about, so, hard, hard on them.
5: Two-year-olds are, are harder to take care of in that, but they also don't listen to news and don't care. So right. yeah. Tiny's biggest concern is since he's watching Brave, he's afraid that I will turn into a bear at some point. And I'm not sure how to <laughs> reassure him on that front. But you know. Why
3: would you reassure him? Just let him know.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, what an incredibly what, useful what parenting tool. <laughs> Uh, the last kid I had saw me turn into a bear. You don't
5: want that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, parenting through fear. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's tough. It's really hard.
0: There's our awkward silence. I've been waiting for that fucker. Ever since we... Um we we did good this time though. It came at the, like, you know, way towards way into it yeah um most of the time we like to pretend that we're far too respectful for each other so we are waiting for somebody else to have a chance to talk but it's really just because we all space out at the same time (laughs) um there's
3: three of you got it it's
0: it's
3: more likely to have someone aware at any given time got it
0: exactly (laughs) when it was just rich and i this podcast sounded like (laughs) well that's because
1: somebody kept muting
0: the
2: microphone right
0: (laughs) that's my favorite way to talk my (laughs) muted microphone (laughs) i keep trying to ask this and rich keeps interrupting me (laughs) (laughs) not really Uh, i interrupt myself horribly sarah um what else is coming down the line from you that you can talk about anything
4: Um, so poetry collection I talked about, Cradle Land of Parasites, not all monster special editions can be ordered from the press, um, and then they'll be widely distributed in October, so that's when you can order through Amazon if that's what you want to do. I have signed some contracts for some short stories and stuff, but nothing that's really been announced yet um but stuff that i'm excited about i think that's all i can talk about i think so okay yeah we'll, we'll stop there
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> also you never know if you're going to accidentally say something you're not supposed to talk about yet
5: Oh I know. <laughs> yeah
0: at least that's the way say, i am i know stuff to
5: consult that- the uh, spreadsheet right <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes <laughs>
0: The spreadsheet in my brain is a little bit more muddled than that. But, like, I know stuff that terrifies me because I'm so terrified I'll blurt it out and I'll lose
2: friends.
0: (laughs) But I wouldn't ever do that to my friends. Uh, Matt, do you have anything more beyond? We've talked a lot about the stuff you're working on coming up.
3: I know. I talk too much. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, that's what we that's what we're here for. We're, we're like we're like barking I never get to talk about all this,
3: I never get to talk about all this fun nerdy horry all that kind of stuff ever. I just guys <laughs> like tell my partner. She's like you've been on a thousand of these. I'm like yeah, no. But nobody else will talk to me about it. So I have to find random people around the world to talk. To me. <laughs> um You know, I think that's it. I you know, I do if I need to fix I need to actually get my website where it doesn't look like complete crap, but if anybody, you know, any writers out there want to pitch me something, especially if they want to do a tie-in to a game or even not a tie-in to a game, the less work it is for me, the more likely I am to say yes, um, and <laughs> especially for somebody I know.
0: You but, are my soulmate.
3: Well, it's I get people, like, I, I have a few people that have said, well, what about this? And they'll send me, like, two sentences. I'm like, okay, and? I'm like I'm not going to write it for you. <laughs> I'm not asking you to pitch me an idea for me to write. Um, so if folks have ideas for anything they think is fun and horror and historical fiction or mythos fiction or anything along those lines, thrillery, noir, I don't know, anything I've anything that anybody on this call has written um, or read and enjoyed, that's the kind of books that I'm looking for. And I would love to start publishing more regularly. Actually, I really would, even though. The Kickstarter didn't quite do what I had hoped. Um, I don't. I don't feel it was not successful, at least from a learning perspective.
5: Yeah, and someday well, I, I did, not money back. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think it if, was a victim I'm of back, circumstance. Yeah, I'm sorry.
3: I do too. I do too. I absolutely agree. I. I feel like if we had had a better time. I, I think if the timing had been different, I think we'd be talking about. You know, I really don't. I. I Friends of mine in the industry really felt like it was a $20,000-ish Kickstarter. Um, in hindsight, I wish I'd have just gone for like five or seven or something like that, and then just gone higher um, and just let it happen. But it is what it is. Um, we learned. It was, I, again, I'm very happy we did it, and I learned a lot out of it. So. And we may still fund.
0: Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's not over yet. You still have, what, 48 hours?
3: Yet. I know. You can tell I'm tired. <laughs>
0: So I mean practice that fucking optimism I was talking about, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn it.
0: <laughs> uh Laurel, what about you? You got any news you want to share?
5: <laughs> no, it was posted all over Facebook. Also, I'm 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 one of the hosts, so we tend to talk to you, all I guess. About that. <laughs>
0: but thanks. <laughs> but anyway, congratulations on that story acceptance. That was awesome. Thank you. Uh, no surprise to us
5: well it was a surprise to me but
2: uh, I appreciate it thank you (laughs) (laughs) okay
0: it was a surprise to us we couldn't believe you got published a second time (laughs) wow
3: me either either.
0: All right. well then I guess we'll wrap it up and say goodnight I'm not going to ask you Rich because you don't have anything you got published yet so (laughs) thanks (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> you dick <laughs> No I'm just kidding <laughs> On that note
2: <laughs>
0: Now that Rich has confirmed What everybody knows about me <laughs> um, It was excellent talking to you guys We would love to have you back Again and again and again So you know every time you do this We'll probably victimize you um, And uh, Have a great week Be safe you. Be you kind too. to each other Sure. And, and I'll uh,
5: all, everybody go back the Kickstarter because, you know, <laughs> this will this will be posting on, on the last day of it. Go. It is. Back I, it. We're going
3: till midnight on the 29th, just so this crowd gets a chance to go back there
0: and and bring us home. Excellent. Excellent. Um, And you definitely want to listen to Laurel. You don't want to piss her off. So go do what <laughs> she tells you to do. Exactly. <laughs> and then order a card on. <laughs> yeah, don't forget to bleh. Yeah.
5: I, I will speak to you in pretentious French if you do not.
2: <laughs>
1: that sounded kind of Russian,
2: right? <laughs> it's,
0: dude, it's Kentucky French, man. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: see the abuse
5: Laurel takes now. <laughs> I I appreciate you you bolstering me for the evening
2: Yeah. (laughs) if
0: if she's ever got extra tickets to her sale we're not going
5: I'll take him to Kmart with me okay there you go
0: (laughs) i'm not even going there in fact i'm gonna go away now before i get myself in trouble more trouble uh love you guys thanks for being here um talk to you again soon i hope thank
5: you thank you
2: thanks
5: have a good night
0: you too. i think i just told laurel to have a good night too (laughs) bye laurel